0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a year ago to today. I'm your host, Tyler Fowler, and this is my podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm so thrilled to have you. Um, if you've been listening along, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for being here. If you are, um, if you're a member of Cindy's tribe and you are joining because she is special and you want to hear this interview, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm thrilled to have you in this space. Um, Yeah, thanks to everybody for being here. It's so, it means so much to me that you're listening. (sighs) So usually what I like to do before these episodes come out is re-listen to the full episode and make notes about any big connections I want to make in the intro and then record the intro. We're in a Mercury retrograde right now, and that can wreak havoc in a lot of ways, uh, including with electronics, it's just (laughs) hilarious. Yesterday my computer, I installed a software update and my computer got stuck on the boot screen and it was stuck there for like over nine hours and then (laughs) today I was having this weird problem where it said my internet was connected and everything looked fine and no pages would load and I finally got in here to listen to the episode after trying for about Thirty minutes to just even get the page up, and when I did, it was working fine for a while. But I got probably thirty minutes into the episode, and the time sync got all off. And Cindy and I are just talking on, over each other, and it's not a um, it's not a quick and easy fix from my end to to fix that. So. I have not listened to this full episode. I have not made all of my notes, and that's going to have to be just fine this week, and we're going to just blame it on Mercury retrograde. Isn't it convenient to blame the planets? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so as I mentioned, this week my guest is my gorgeous friend Cindy. She has been on the podcast previously. Last time she came on, Sally and I talked with her about... Her crowdfunding campaign. She did a crowdfunding campaign to finance the creation of her album, and this time we are talking to her. I am talking to her about the one-year anniversary of the release of her first single, "Irresistible Me." So, in the show notes, I'm going to link to Cindy's previous episode. I will also link to the music video and uh, to her website, where you can go purchase her music, which you most certainly should do, and. Um, I guess that's like pretty much all I need to tell you. Uh, from what I did listen to on this episode, I wanted to, I was listening to it and I was like, are people going to enjoy this? We're talking some about her business and her clients and boundaries. We're talking a lot about boundaries. And what I would invite you into is just remembering that just because the context of your life may not be immediately resonant with what we're talking about perhaps you're not a small business owner perhaps you don't have clients you know or um, whatever the case may be that there are still ways that you can take this conversation and use it to deepen into whatever is true for you so while the context of your life may not be the same the principles that we're talking about around how boundaries work and what it means to be clear in your boundaries and release attachment to the outcome of how other people respond to that, all that, you know, may apply to you if you stretch your mind a little bit in that direction. You know, like when you hear us say the word client, you could, um, you could think about relation, other relationships in your life or, uh, you know, you get it. I trust you guys. You guys are smart. You ladies are smart. You people are smart. All of you humans are smart out there regardless of how you identify <laughs> I'm getting really good at these intros huh guys just rambling 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 um, yeah I'm gonna let it be enough what I've said I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you. Cindy is such a bright light. Her music is so incredible, and she's just a fabulous human. So I hope that you will follow her on social media. We'll put all of her platform information in the show notes. And follow the podcast, too. Our handle's a year ago podcast, and that will also be in the show notes. If you have a few minutes, it would mean a lot to me and really help If you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it in your social media networks and send me a note and let me know what you enjoyed or what you'd like to hear more of or what you think is missing, I'm open to receiving all that kind of feedback. So enjoy the show and hopefully Mercury, I don't know if Mercury is out of retrograde next week or not, I hope so, and if not, we'll get through it. We really will. I promise we're going to get through this. (sighs) All right. Much love to you. And enjoy. Okay, now we're recording. (laughs) Hi, Cindy.
1: Hi, Tyla. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you?
1: I'm good.
0: Welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) So for everybody out there listening, Cindy has been on the podcast before, an episode I loved. Um, We talked about your crowdfunding campaign. Yes. Oh, I love that episode so much. (laughs) So, if you want to go back and catch up on Cindy's previous episode, which I highly recommend, there will be a link to that in the show notes. Um, But for now, we're going to dive right in. So, Cindy, if you wouldn't mind finishing the statement a year ago today.
1: A year ago today, I released my debut single, Irresistible Me, with the music video and had my release party
0: in my backyard. Yes. (laughs) Yes. uh okay so now cindy i want to invite you to close your eyes and put a hand on your heart and just take a couple deep breaths and let yourself really go back to a year ago and all the things you were feeling and when you've really landed in that space <laughs> share with me in one word please how you were feeling
1: terrified
0: mm. Hmm. That's not what I was expecting you to say.
1: <laughs> what were you expecting?
0: Um, what I was feeling in, I was feeling excitement. <laughs> 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 However, I understand very much how those two things are so closely tied. Mm. All right, so can you tell me a little bit about about being terrified?
1: So the, the day of my release, um, I, so I decided to release my music from my own website instead of going through the regular distributors because, you know, they, they take a cut. Mm Um, and the, you know, some of the, um, independent music industry gurus, whoever I've been following said that you you need to get people's email addresses. Mm. Like if you just release your music on iTunes, you won't have any idea of who is downloading it.
0: Oh, that's what happens to me with the podcast. I have no idea who's downloading it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
1: but if you sell directly from your website and you know you collect email addresses in exchange for the um the transaction or at any point during the transaction then you know exactly who is purchasing your stuff so i you know set up this entire thing and and i i basically taught myself how to you know put do all of this on my own website um and you know that that morning i woke up and you know i i had everything go live and then my paypal button wasn't working <laughs> so mm. i had people emailing me saying hey cindy i'm trying to download your single but i can't do it i can't get the the, the paypal thing to work mm. so you know immediately i'm like oh shit because <laughs> <laughs> um, again i did it all myself uh I, you know I, I was following the steps of like some program that i found online so I didn't really know how to fix it. So I had to go do all this research to try to fix it. I was super stressed out because, again, the video was already out. People were trying to buy it. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't control this. Um. So, um, and then... I'm getting ready for for my release party the next day. There are lots of things that need to happen. That you know, because it's it's not like I had anyone doing it for me. I was doing the whole thing myself. Um, so at one point, my coach was just like, "Stop, <laughs> stop everything. Just go get silent. Go walk around the park. Just do something to take your mind off of all of this, and then come back."
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I came back, and I you know did the research to figure out how to fix the PayPal thing. Um, and by then, um, I realized that people were sharing my music video like wildfire. Mm. Now that was exciting. It was also terrifying because it's like, oh my gosh, what are, what are people going to say? What are people going to do? And then there's like this influx of positive comments which I loved, but at the same time, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. How am I going to respond to everyone? It's my responsibility and my duty to respond to everyone. And they're commenting on Facebook and they're commenting on Instagram and they're commenting everywhere. And it's just so much. Ah!
0: Mm. Um,
1: so again, my coach was like, stop it. Turn off your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't respond to anyone. Don't talk to any, just, just stop it. (laughs) Um, And she was like, you need to delegate stuff for the party. Talk to your family. See who would be willing to take on different things for you. Do not try to do this all by yourself. And she said, if you don't stop and just take this in, if you don't stop and do something celebratory, then this whole moment is going to pass you by. Mm. And you're not going to remember any of it.
0: (laughs) Mm, Good advice.
1: So... I think I went to like go get my hair done or something. I did something like pampering related to just kind of like chill out and calm down. Um and the day of the um the day of the release party, like I had no idea of who was gonna show up. I had done all this work. I had put all this time in and, and with all of these things, you just never know. I've done some gigs where 75 people showed up. I've done some gigs where 35 people showed up. I've done gigs where three people showed up to see me. So there's always this fear of, you know, I'm putting all this stuff out into the universe. What if no one cares? (laughs) It's fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know. By the end of the day, I think like 75 people had showed up. We just all hung out in my backyard. We had an amazing time. It was so much fun. So it ended up being great. Um, and because of the conversations that I had with my coach, like I took time to just chill out and enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, thank you for sharing all that. No, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I, if there's something so interesting that you've just brought up that I really resonate with it's first of all the terror that comes with stepping into greater visibility which is something I've been talking about (laughs) all season on the podcast (laughs) um and then the second thing is that that thing when you start to receive a response from the world from what you're putting out there and you're receiving supportive comments and even though they're supportive that um that overwhelm that can happen. And then the flip side of that is that fear that's like, I'm going to put this out. No one's going to see it. No one's going (laughs) to (laughs) care.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's like the the balance between wanting to be seen and wanting to hide.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's
1: like, what am I going to do with this influx of all this energy, whether it's positive or negative or what? Like, Do I have a container that's big enough to handle it?
0: Oh, and that's, like, really the question, right? It's, like, am I equipped to handle more? You know, I would say that you know, if you want to, like, talk about from a coaching perspective and, like, the underlying energetics, that that's a lot of the times a big part of the reason why people, when they want to manifest more money in their life, actually aren't able to do it is because they're actually scared of receiving more.
1: Absolutely. And that's something that I deal with, um, even in my business, um, I was having a conversation with a, a classmate, a former classmate of mine. Um, he runs a, a poll studio and we were talking about business and, um, he asked me like where I got my clients from. And, and I, you know, told him where I got my clients from, like mostly online. And he was like, when I explained to him how I was running my business, he said, you are running your business on the level of like a small business mom and pop shop. Like there are so many things you could be doing to get more visibility and more clients and you're, you're just not doing them. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, while I say I want more money and while I say that I want more clients, the there's a fear of this huge influx of clients. Like, can I handle them? Especially because the more people that come into my um into my circle is the more people that I have to set boundaries with.
0: Ooh, and, girl, you just said something true. <laughs> and it's
1: it's scary. And and when I look at the numbers for my business, I easily lose about a thousand dollars a month in not setting boundaries with people.
0: Wow. Tell me more about that, please.
1: (laughs) Oh, sure. So um, I teach private voice and piano lessons. And when I first started working with my business coach, the first thing that she told me, she said, you need contracts. You need to get people into programs and you need people to commit two months at a time. Um, And, you know, I had a lot of resistance towards that because, you know, that's not how it's usually done. Um, but eventually I started doing the contracts. The next thing that we had to put in place was reoccurring payment plans. So my policy, (laughs) what, what it is in writing, what it is on paper is that, um, you know, I don't take cash. I don't take, uh, you know, PayPal Venmo. I don't take the, the only thing I take are cards and, I run everything through my merchant services account, so I control the transaction. And I require 30 days notice for a cancellation policy. And that protects me so that, you know, let's say it is the end of April, and I have a student who I'm expecting to be coming for lessons in May, they can't just come to me and say, oh, by the way, I'm not coming next week.
0: Mm-hmm. Because,
1: like, you know, that is a lot of money that just kind of disappears from my bank yeah. account.
0: Um, well, and you've held space in your schedule for them.
1: Exactly. So 30 days notice gives me time to prepare. It gives me time to find another client. It gives me time to um, to release that space to someone else. Um, and, and sometimes, like, when people uh, at the last minute will say, hey, an emergency came up, blah, blah, blah... Sometimes, like, I'll compromise and I'll say, okay, that's fine. I still need you to pay for next month, even though you can't come next month. And then you can just redeem those lessons when you come back. Because as Mm. long as the money is in my account, when I expected it to be there, you can take the lessons whenever you feel like it. Um, But the, the whole idea of reoccurring payments and not allowing people to cancel next week just because, like, that is really crucial to, like, me having financial stability, being able to plan, being able to look at, you know, my budget for the beginning of the month and know that this amount is coming in and then have it actually be there. But (laughs) I've had clients tell me, oh, don't do a reoccurring, uh, uh, payment plan. Just, just, we'll just do it, um, once a month as I, as I show up or, you know, I'll have clients who are like, oh, I don't have a card to put this on. So I'll just give you cash or I'll just pay you with PayPal. And in those moments on the spot, I have never been like, well, this is what I accept. And if you don't want to, you know, if, if you're not able to pay me in the only way that I accept payment, then this isn't going to work out. And it's, there's, there's a, um, I'm trying to think of the word on. So the fear in, in having more clients is having to have this discussion over and over and over again, because I hate having this discussion. I hate setting boundaries. I hate being put in this position where I have to put my foot down and say no, because it feels like, well, I'm just turning away money. <laughs> it's hard to watch money walk into your, your bank account and then walk right back out because of a boundary that you set.
0: Mm-hmm. On,
1: but on the, the, the same at the same time, I know that if I were to open up my business more and be more visible, then I would have more room for more ideal clients and I wouldn't feel the need to desperately hold on to clients that aren't ideal.
0: Mm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and all of this stuff makes sense in my head but energetically every time I have to like lay down boundaries I'm just like eh, nope can't do it mm. <laughs> need this money
0: I need it now I don't want to wait <laughs> mm-hmm. do you think it's really about the money or do you think it's more about the act of setting boundaries it's that
1: about that it's definitely about the act of setting boundaries mm-hmm. It's it's about not wanting to feel rejected in the moment
0: Mm. because
1: again any when i choose to set boundaries any client can just walk out the door and just be like you know what i i don't want this and they mm-hmm. have a right to do that um but it makes i <laughs> i take it personally
0: mhm mhm yeah that's really challenging i mean i'm wondering I'm wondering what's alive for you in terms of boundaries inside your creative life, you know, because we really are here to talk about the celebration of the release of your video and, you know, your first episode was all about crowdfunding, raising money for the album. And so I'm interested in how that conversation around boundaries ties into your work as an artist.
1: Hmm. So the first thing that comes to mind with my work as an artist, is, and, and this fear that comes up around being rejected, is being in situations with people who show up and say that they want to help. Um, people in mentorship positions, or or people who say that they have connections, or, or you know, people who... Um, position themselves as wanting to help. Um, sometimes people will tell me they want to help and they'll give me advice and they'll tell me to do certain things that are completely not in alignment with my goals and things that I want to do. So, and and in my, previously when I, I had even more trouble setting boundaries, I would find myself just literally doing whatever anyone told me to do.
0: <laughs> and mm-hmm.
1: it was so um, draining and frustrating. And there was this sense that, well, I need your help B- because you're in a position of power and you're in a position of influence and you have connections. So I have to do what you say because if I don't do what you say, then you're not going to help me. And, and you know, I'm going to uh, lose out in some way. There's like a huge fear of missing out. And eventually, I had to get to the point where I was just like, "What's meant for me is for me, and if I choose not to take your advice and you choose not to support me anymore, that's okay. I'm I'm still going to be okay." Mm. I had a um, I one of my cousins in Trinidad connected me to a, a a writer out there, a soca writer. He writes you know hits for all the big soca artists down there. And, you know, I connected with him, and he had me, like, come out to the studio with him. And um, he wanted me to, like, sing background on on some tracks that he was working on. And I remember there was one night where we had been in the studio for three hours. Nothing was really getting done. It was 11 o'clock. I had to teach the next morning. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's just like, well, you know, one day... Um, you'll be working for me, so you won't have to go home to go to work. Be, and, and you could be here till you know, 3, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I'm just thinking, um, but no. <laughs> and why? And why would I be working for you when I'm already working for myself? Um, you know, he tried to sell me on a dream that I was already living. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've just had to come to terms with the fact that, again, just because someone is in a position where they have connections or influence or money doesn't mean that, you know, I have to do what they want me to do.
0: Hmm. It's like, it's such a beautiful parallel because it feels like almost exactly the same with clients. It's just like, just because someone's standing there offering you money to teach them doesn't mean that you have to take it if it's not coming in the way you'd want it to.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's such a beautifully direct reflection.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is.
0: Do you find it easier to stand up for yourself and your boundaries in your creative life instead of your business life?
1: Absolutely. Um, and and part of the reason for that is because I had the rudest awakening <laughs> in terms of like not um setting boundaries with a previous mentor and finding myself in a position where I was just like broken and depressed. And like, I, I, I reached my lowest point um, as a result of not setting boundaries. And after Mm -hmm. that, I was like, fuck this, (laughs) my no means no, (laughs) but especially in my, in my teaching business, I'm not teaching business in my artist career. Um, There, I've had a, a, I've had, I have had a, a pretty low point in my business when, when it came to not setting, setting boundaries. Um, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Cause it was a few years ago. I just remember there was a time in which, um, like several clients quit all at the same time and I lost a ton of money. And I think it, it was after that, that I started, um, Doing the uh, the contracts and doing the reoccurring payments, but I think that energetically I haven't fully made the shift. So I'm kind of I'm, I'm I'd say I I, I do it eighty percent of the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think that extra twenty percent is the fluctuation in my in my income, and it's like the, the 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 um the point where like it's stuck and it won't go above that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boundaries are, I feel like one of, oh, excuse me. Um, I feel like boundaries are one of the richest and most fertile (laughs) learning grounds and also can be the most challenging.
1: Yes, (laughs) absolutely. I think that, um, it really just requires trust. At the end of the day, because even like I was talking about with, um, you know, setting boundaries with mentors and, you know, people who say they can help me in order for me to set that boundary, I have to trust that if, if things don't work out with you, that there's going to be another avenue. It's like with um, the, my clients, if if I'm setting a boundary that I'm trusting that if you're not my ideal client, then my next that, you know, there will be other ideal clients that will take that spot and not setting boundaries is a huge act of mistrusting the universe. It's like, I don't trust that you're going to take care of me, so I have to just take whatever scraps I can hold on to out of desperation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, that message that we really send around, I am not worthy of receiving my desires. Yikes! Because I won't <laughs> say no to the things that don't quite line up. You know, Whoa!
1: That's very powerful.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I feel like I've just recycled it from the teachers that I've been listening to. Um, well, I've been doing so much boundary work in my own life, and really that—that that is what it feels like. It's like a boundary really dictates how you are receiving. Hmm? Like a boundary dictates how you're receiving whatever energy is coming to you. Interesting. So... If we're thinking about in terms of your business, you're like, "I'm not receiving money that's coming in this way. I'm only receiving money that's coming in this way." You know it feels like the same thing as saying, "Wow, your tone is really disrespectful. I'm not receiving you. Um, I'm not open to receiving you in this um in this mode of delivery. If you'd like me yeah. to receive you, <laughs> <laughs> here is how I'm open to receiving." your energy you know it's like um this beautiful opportunity to direct the energy we're not saying like like when you set a boundary with a client you're like no I don't take that kind of payment you're not saying no I don't want your money <laughs> you're just saying I do want your money but it's a different avenue that I want your money to come down to get to me Ah, mm-hmm. oh, I love it you're supporting me in understanding a lot more about boundaries
1: <laughs> oh, interesting and and Just using that analogy, sometimes people will feel like, how dare you ask for for that? (laughs) Like, you don't have a right to ask for that. Um, You know, whether it's a certain form of payment or a certain tone of voice, but it's up to us to say, no, actually, I do have a right to to ask for that and and
0: Mm -hmm. demand it. Yeah. I mean, and when you set boundaries you know, the beautiful gift of them is that they often do trigger other people. <laughs> so. <Ugh.
1: laughs> that's, you call it a beautiful gift, and I'm like, ah, I hate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's taken me, uh, you know, a lot of work to get to a place where I can honestly say without sarcasm that it's a beautiful gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the moment, I don't always that way I mean I'm going through something right now in my personal life where I'm setting some boundaries and it is really really ruffling some feathers
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I just keep reminding myself I'm like this is a gift this is a gift you've called this in this is how you get what you want I know it doesn't feel good right now <laughs> mm-hmm. but you gotta stand you gotta stand strong and tall in your worth you gotta be clear about how you are and are not willing to be treated and You cannot falter right now, because if you do, then you've failed the test. (laughs) Mm. Uh, That's what my self-talk is like. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. So, I watched watched a video that you shared the other day on your Facebook wall around what you had learned in therapy. Mm. Which I loved that video. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you. And I have some notes here. I'm looking at them. (laughs) Okay. I guess the question I want to ask is how are you when it comes to setting boundaries with yourself? Horrible. Mm. (laughs) For Mm -hmm. the
1: past several years? I've been trying to set a boundary around my bedtime. I've been trying to set boundaries around um, sugar. I've been trying to set boundaries around, um, I think, honestly, those are the two biggest ones right now. And, (laughs) okay, so my body needs to be asleep by 10 o'clock and up by six. That is how I function best. I know this for a fact. When I don't do that, I'm groggy. I have low energy. I don't get as much done during the day. And it's just not a good state for me to be in. I am 100% aware of this. Yet every night to try to get to sleep by 10 o'clock is a fight. It's Mm. me and my inner child going at it. (laughs) My inner child's like, I don't want to go to bed <laughs> and, like you just I, I, I look at it like a, a trying to calm a five-year-old down who wants to who does not want to go to bed and you're trying to put them to bed so I would and I'm very very creative about this like I will have conversations uh you know with my boyfriend and I'll look at the time and see, all right, it's 930. I should probably be getting off the phone and going to bed. Nope. I'll have the most heated debate to keep my ass on the phone so that I can't go to bed. So sometimes I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me get off the phone. I'm going to go to bed. I'll get off the phone and then hop on Facebook. And then 11 o'clock, I'm like, oh, look at the time. (laughs) Or like, you know, the other night. I, um, decided to go live at like nine thirty, knowing <laughs> that my bedtime was 10 o'clock and it wasn't <laughs> going to happen. And I was like, you know what? Well, one of my goals is to go live. So, you know, I put two different goals against each other so that I like, it's self-sabotage. Um, and this is, it's, it's something that I have been trying to rein in for a really, really, really long time. And, um, I, th- I feel like I've made, some progress on it. Um but I, I definitely feel like my boundary setting with others is a reflection of my lack of boundary setting with myself.
0: hmm
1: mm-hmm. And um I'm so self aware. I know where exactly where all of this is coming from. Part of the reason why I have so much Trouble setting boundaries with myself. It all goes back to my relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. So with her, setting boundaries was like controlling. It didn't feel like it was out of love. Mm -hmm. So I'm in constant rebellion mode against any kind of structure. Because... It feels like, you know, something else is controlling me and I just want to be free. And intellectually, I understand that there is freedom in structure and that not having any kind of structure and just being all over the place and being drained and tired because I'm not going to sleep on time. Like that's not freedom, Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. but
1: energetically anytime, you know, like there's a boundary that's set. I'm just like,
0: no. Uh, it's so interesting I'm resonating so powerfully with what you're saying and I I feel like I've had such a similar experience where you know in like trying to implement a routine and a schedule in my life including the sleep schedule which I also have been (laughs) working with for you know over three years now and still I'm not in a place where I love the way it's going Um, Mm. but have that same feeling around like I intellectually understand that structure can be supportive. However, there is this deep part of me that just doesn't want to be controlled, doesn't want to be tied down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That feels so ugh, rebellious. And it's like, how do we, how do we integrate that learning around the fact that boundaries are actually, when they're, when they're done well, they feel really good. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever had somebody set a boundary with you that you were like? Oh, like, I love that boundary. I don't know, my boy Matt does that to me sometimes where um, he'll set a boundary and I'm always, like, I feel relieved. I feel, like, grateful to him for being clear with me about what he needs. I feel Mm. always more confident in our relationship because I'll be like, oh, I can easily honor that boundary. Mm. And I don't have to wonder or worry about how I need to take care of you inside this relationship because you've made it clear to me. and, the, like, yet, despite the fact that I've had that experience a number of times now, I still find myself resistant in some ways um, to the boundaries as supportive structure in my life. Hmm. Just really interesting parallel.
1: I'm reminded
0: of a time
1: in which, um, so I take uh, pole classes at uh, S Factor, pole dancing. City. Yes.
0: Oh, this is so fun. I've only done it one time, but it was so
1: fun. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Um, But S Factor has a policy where you are not allowed to be more than 10 minutes late to a class. And I remember the first time where I hopped on the subway and and I was probably a little late, but you know, the the train, the MTA gods were not working in my favor and there were delays and I ended up getting there maybe like 20 minutes late. And they turned me away. <laughs> mm. And I remember, like, feeling really sad and, and, you know, texting my boyfriend and being like, oh, man, I missed the class. And he was mad mad for me he was like how dare they do that that's not fair and then it's so funny because as an entrepreneur i went into no they had a right to do that they should (laughs) have kicked me out that class because i was late and i knew the policy and i should have left my house early because i know how the nta is (laughs) and it was awesome because like they them setting that boundary with me although it like was super uncomfortable for me at the time afterwards i felt like it gave me permission to set boundaries in my own life, um, so it was just interesting to to watch myself uh, s- support <laughs> S Factor in setting boundaries with me, and and like I didn't fight it because I get it. So at no point it was like, no, you need to let me in, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. It it, it just kind of gave. It, it taught me that, yes, you can, you, while you might feel uncomfortable while someone is setting a boundary with you, like, it's okay. You'll be okay. Maybe you lost your money that day. Maybe you had to pay an extra fee, but if you really value what they have to offer, you're going to go back and you're going to still, um, like you'll go back again and, and you'll continue to, to patronize this business regardless of them setting boundaries with you. Like, it's not a deal breaker if what they're offering is of value.
0: Mm -hmm. And even more so, I feel like you're more likely to continue engaging where you feel, because boundaries make us feel safe. Even other Mm. people's boundaries. If you are around someone who has strong boundaries, you're going to feel safe with that person. Most likely. I don't know that that's, like, like 100% true all the time. I just know that... The people in my life who are the best at setting boundaries are definitely the people who I trust the most and who I feel most comfortable around.
1: Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Just thinking about like teaching in a classroom setting, a teacher who is very wishy-washy and lets the students do whatever, like the students in that class are not going to feel safe and they're going to act out.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because I've had a similar experience inside my coaching, the evolution of my coaching business. Um. Mm-hmm. I have this deep uncomfortability with (laughs) what it means to sell my gifts for money. I've been like really, really, Mm. you know, because coaching is so intuitive and it, I don't know, well, I don't need to go like deep into that. Needless to say, (laughs) I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and while I was thinking about it, part of what I was doing was offering coaching services without any sort of, Um, financial exchange. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: So coaching for free and kind of being like, well, I'll let you know when I figure it out. And I'm open to receiving in the meantime. However, I didn't ever give anyone clarity around how I would like to receive, what I would like to receive, in what amount I would like to receive. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't set any of those boundaries, I wasn't able to receive the support that I think was there for me had I been brave enough <laughs> to be clear, and that's okay, it's all part of the evolution, you know um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because some of those coaching relationships have now evolved into relationships where there is consistent financial exchange, and they feel really supportive and good, and some of those relationships I don't have anymore because it got to a point where. I had been so <laughs> I had been so open and so generous that then somebody crossed a line with me, and I had to totally, you know, like slam the door in their face, so to speak, mm-hmm. which, again, that's the product of me not having strong boundaries. Yeah So oh, I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> <Me> Thank <too. sighs> I want to know more about what's going on in your creative life. So your video released a year ago hmm that was fabulous. You had a beautiful party. You enjoyed the day mm-hmm. and what's been going on since what has what has it been like to have that out there in the world? What else have you been working on and releasing
1: um so for the past year or so, I've been working on finishing up the e p because there are four more songs on that um I just finished the mixing and mastering for everything. Uh April 20th. So like the music is officially done. Yay! It took me what three, four <laughs> or five years.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> it doesn't you. matter how long it took, it's done now.
1: Yay! Um, so now I'm working on like album liner notes and um the visuals to go along with it working on planning the album release party for the fall working on just trying to build an audience because I've put so much into this um I would hate for it to only um reach the people in my immediate circle
0: so Mm.
1: you know I'm I'm learning more now about like marketing and building an audience. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping that, you know, by the end of the summer and, and by, or by October when I release my music that, you know, my, my following is about five times what it is now. That's, that's my goal. Um, Uh,
0: I love that goal. And the immediate question that comes up for me is, (laughs) are you sure you're ready to call in more? You know, it's like that, Thing that we were talking about at the beginning about calling in more money or more clients or that much more visibility and of course as i say that i'm like i know you're totally ready so i guess the real question is is there any fear coming up around that or are you just like full steam ahead now
1: no there's absolutely fear around it um so that's something that i know that i need to explore before i start actively working on building a following Um and to be honest, I'm not really 100% sure of how to even do that. <laughs> um, but I know that it needs to be done, so I'm going to figure it out. Um, I know there's, in, there has been a lot of fear about um, like negative attention, mm. saying things that might not be so uh, that might not resonate with people that people might decide to attack because they don't understand it. Um, you know, overwhelm of of just having just so many people to respond to. Um, yeah, those are the, the, the main things that are coming up for me. Mm -hmm. And then I think on, on a deeper level, there is fear of my family resenting me if I get too big and too successful. Um, there's uh yeah, there 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 are a lot of things that are coming up for me that again, like I I get it, uh intellectually and I know that I don't need to be afraid of these things, but there's just something <laughs> energetically that's just like, No Stop, it's not safe
0: <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested. Have you had experiences already where you've received powerfully negative feedback?
1: Oh yeah, so let me give you an example of that. Um, in let's say twenty twelve when I just started my YouTube channel, I started doing videos on YouTube just you know saying things that just talking about topics that I thought were interesting to me. And and I did a video about the stereotype of black women liking thugs. And my um, feeling towards that was that, again, it's, it's a stereotype. There are a lot of, you know, positive black women out there who are not looking for anything like that. But we get a lot of hate thrown towards us by men who um, aren't necessarily, they're not very confident. They don't necessarily have a lot going for them. They reach out to a woman who's like way out of their league. And then they get mad when she's not interested. And they're like, well, you just wanted a fuck. And that shit is annoying. So I did an entire video about that. And I called it Black Woman Like Thugs. It was a clickbait title Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) created to draw attention, which it did. You had a lot of people (laughs) who didn't watch the entire video but they looked at the title and started like, you know, commenting with these inflammatory statements. And um, at one point I said um, that a, a lot of, you know, the men who are reaching out, they're lame. And that word I didn't realize is very triggering to a lot of them. So like they were the lame. The word lame. Like me saying that a man who is like approaching me, who doesn't have anything going for me, me saying that he's lame. Like Mm -hmm. they took it to mean that I was calling all good black men lame. And like it it triggered something in them. And that video had like 15,000 views and pages and pages and pages of insulting comments towards black women, towards me. And like, just to read those comments and feel that intense hatred towards me. It was just a lot. Mm. And I remember like responding to the comments and like trying to explain myself and trying to prove what I like. And, and I ended up just pulling down the video or um, unlisting it, like right around the time that I released my music video, because I just didn't want all that negative energy out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is still a deep fear of being misunderstood. There's a deep fear of all of that hatred being turned on me in that mm-hmm. way.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Ah, uh, Cindy, you are a gift from God right now. I Obviously. mean, all the time, I'm sure you're a gift from God. Right. <laughs> But I mean, specifically for me in this moment, Mm. I have just been through something so similar where I used the phrase white men in a post and, you know, triggered the shit out of some people. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know how to talk about this group of people without using those two words. But it's you know the thing that you're you were saying, like some people saw the title and didn't even read the whole video. they just started being in their reactivity. It's like once somebody's triggered, it's like it just goes blank behind their eyes, and they're in this mad rage, and it's like there's no point you know i I love that you were like, well. I empathize with the fact that you were addressing those comments that people were making and really trying to prove yourself and stand up for yourself. But there's, like, this point at which it's like, we're not communicating. Yeah. Like, you are infuriated, and to be perfectly frank, it has nothing to do with me, and (laughs) you're not listening. So, why... Why do we why do we <laughs> why do we put our time and energy into trying to prove that we're right, you know, or trying to justify what we've said? I think in the last couple of days I've really I had two exchanges. One where I did my best to be generous and respectful and kind and explain myself and still wasn't being heard and set a strong boundary. And then another situation with another it was a it was about race. I had posted Essentially, um, I had shared a post that a black man had written around him being afraid to let his teenage son deliver a UPS package to a neighbor. It had been delivered to the wrong address. And he was like, I don't want to send my son to this house of this stranger in our neighborhood because I'm literally afraid that that he might get shot. Mm. (laughs) And so I shared this experience online. And somebody came in with a comment that objectively is racist, you know? And so I just said, I was like, that's racist. I'm not going to engage with you around this and walked away. I mean, as much as you can, quote unquote, walk away on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, but was like, I'm not going to get involved in this. And then it just turned into this shit storm. And by the end of it, people were attacking me and calling me a racist and saying I hate white men and (laughs) you know I've already been diving into that I'm like well on some level like that's probably true you know because white men are the symbol of oppression like yes on a deep subconscious level I probably do have some hatred toward white men however like my intentions have been so misconstrued by the, like at this point, you know, and it's like not worth engaging. And it's still, it takes such a toll on you when you get that kind of backlash of negative attention that I think is maybe like, I don't know, do you think it's unavoidable? If you're going to get visible, if you're going to be empowered, if you're going to be a strong woman in this world, especially a woman of color, I think, <laughs> I don't know, I think um, you're going to get pushback.
1: Absolutely. I think that because no two humans think exactly alike on every single issue, if you are being a hundred percent yourself in every moment, someone's going to get triggered.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like it's, it's unavoidable and people like out of 10 things, people can love nine things about you and then you speak your truth that they disagree with on that 10th thing and they will throw you out. (laughs) They will cancel you as they say. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so fascinating. Well, and then that just brings us full circle because the only way to protect ourselves is to have strong boundaries around how we engage with that kind of energy Mm -hmm. or whether we engage with that kind of energy. Yeah. It's so funny, because in the first instance, you know, I, like, engaged pretty deeply, and ultimately had to walk away from that exchange and then in the second instance I was like nope I'm not engaging with you and then it was like this firestorm blew up where it's like my refusal to engage around the topic was more triggering than I think the original (laughs) you know it was just like okay I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't like do you want me to engage with you do you want me to walk away from this like what what can I possibly do to soothe whatever has been activated for you by my presence (laughs) and then I'm like well you know what it's actually not my ability to soothe what's been activated for you you need to learn how to self-soothe because that's not my job unless you want to pay me (laughs) you want to pay me to like walk through this and support you through your trigger fine I'm happy to I'm happy to do that (sighs) Ah. Ah.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, we just have to respond in whatever way feels best for us.
0: Mm. I would wonder though if I'm wondering if you <clears throat> excuse me, if because I'm like music, music is really where your focus is and where you want to be in terms of expressing yourself in the world. Mm-hmm. It seems and I I would wonder if you're less likely to get that negative feedback
1: um all right so music is something that is very subjective and people love to have opinions about it and share opinions about it someone added me to a facebook group not too long ago where all people do is just talk shit about artists (laughs)
0: Ah, oh, that sounds terrible <laughs>
1: um and and if you ask them, they probably won't say that. They'll tell you that they're debating, and they are you know it's discourse around they you know they're sharing their opinions on artists, but if you look at the content it's it's literally just people talking shit about artists and a lot of times with art people feel the need to compare one artist to the other so like the other week when beyonce had her like amazing performance at coachella one of the immediate responses was a argument of is she better than michael jackson no she's not better than michael jackson yes she's better than michael jackson this (laughs) is like you know there a lot of people feel the need to you know it's not enough to just enjoy the damn music. There has to be a debate about the music and there has uh-huh. to be a judgment of the music. And what's challenging for me is that a judgment of the music feels like a judgment of me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, specifically when it comes to singers, there's a lot of judgment around voice types. And, you know, this singer can sing circles around that singer and this singer can really sing and this singer can't sing. And you have a lot of people who have never taken a voice lesson in their lives, but because they've seen a couple episodes of American Idol, they feel like they have the ability to judge, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. singing
1: talent, musical talent, musical ability. And again, while it's all subjective and everyone has their opinion as an artist, like it is very uncomfortable for me to be. It's uncomfortable comfortable for me, for me to watch other artists being critiqued because I fear this own critique and judgment on my own art. So like, mm. for example, I am a lyric soprano. I have a lighter voice. Um, a lot of times when people hear Black singers, they expect Jennifer Hudson every time. They expect, like, this huge, powerful, belty voice, and I felt a lot of insecurity around my own voice because that's not me. Um, so like, I remember, uh, one of my friends, she, she said that, uh, her boyfriend had heard my single and after he finished hearing it, he was like, oh, that's it. And she was like, what do you mean? That's it. And he was like, oh, well, you know, I kind of expected more. Hmm. And she was like, well, he, Cindy has never been one of those like argh, argh, type of singers. Like her voice has always been like mellow since we've known her as a teenager. Like, why would you expect that? Um, and that comment, like, kind of stung, even though I knew that, like, it was an unfair expectation. Like, I, it's, it's something that I deal with on a regular basis. Like, coming to terms with, with this expectation that people somehow expect more from my voice. People will hear me sing and say, "Oh, you need to like throw away your training. You need to really, really sing that. You need to sound more angry. Like, you need to." Uh. And I'm like. I, I'm sorry. I don't do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, what do you
1: want from me? Like, all I can do is be myself. All I can do is sing how I sing.
0: Well, it's so, it's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous that you're sharing all this because I think what the conversation comes down to is like, I'm sorry that I'm not showing up the way you think a black woman artist should be. Yes. You know? And I feel like, for me what's been going on right like recently in my in my personal life is like I'm sorry that I'm not showing up how you think a white woman should show up in the world mm. which i think is <laughs> like to be seen and not heard honestly mm. is most people's opinions <laughs> and uh well i don't want to say most people um so people in my immediate circle okay <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like yeah. this this incredible racialized stereotype expectation that we probably all carry around on some level you know I I think about the situation that I'm in right now and a conversation that Matt and I had about it last night and I think there's part of me that's like I'm like feel vulnerable to say this out loud (laughs) Well, I'm claiming the shadow, right? So I'm yes. saying these things that happen to us, I also do them, you know, so I think there was this part of me that's like, if you were a real man, this is how you'd be handling this situation, mm. you know, which, look, tu- I'm turning around, I'm doing to him exactly what's been done to me. Wow. Hmm. Mm. It's so that um, it's so deeply programmed, you know, all the things, so many of the things that we do are so deeply programmed that we don't even realize we're doing them.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Even if we're super self-aware. Yeah. Hmm. Gorgeous. Well, I can't wait for your album to come out. Thank you. (laughs) And I hope that you do manage to enlarge in your audience. Is that a word? Enlarge in? I don't know. I think so, yeah. I don't know if that enlarge, enlarge your audience. Yes. By at least five times. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) Well, what else is present from you one year out from the release of your video? And with everything that we've been talking about, is there, is there anything else that's really like present on your heart and mind that you want to say or anything you want to say to the people who are listening?
1: Um, Just some of the opportunities that have come up for me around um, around my music. I got a chance to open for Avery Sunshine in Buffalo in March. Um, mm.
0: Aren't you about to go to China? Maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I, feel I, like, have... I feel like I heard. Yes, I heard you did hear
1: China. Um, I have an opportunity, maybe, to uh, do a three month residency in China singing over the summer. It, uh, I've sent a few audition videos in and I'm waiting to hear back. It's pretty frustrating because it's one of those situations where I feel like here's an opportunity, but I have to wait. (laughs) Hmm. There's nothing I can do to make this go any faster. Um, and I feel like a lot, like my, my, all of my summer plans are hinging upon whether or not this works out. So I'm getting very, very antsy about it, but you know. (laughs) Such as life.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know when you find out, or no?
1: No, it's mm. literally like send a video and wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think of what else has transpired within the past year. Oh, you know what else has happened within the past year? What's
0: um, that?
1: <laughs> Right around this time last year was when I met my current boyfriend. (laughs) Um, So I went from a space of like being very, very anxious around relationships to being in a pretty happy relationship. Um, So that's something that's been awesome.
0: Mm, Congratulations. Um,
1: Thank you very much. And I'm trying to think of what else. That's
0: all that's coming to mind right now. Great. Uh, Well, in that case, I'll ask you our our wrap-up questions, which we always end with. So I like when I slip into using we. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me. It's just me here. Um, hmm. Okay, so I want to invite you to put your hands on your heart again and close your eyes again and... Start taking a few deep breaths, feeling back to a year ago today and what it was like to really live that day, those moments of the release party and of receiving all that support around the release of your video, the lessons you learned about slowing down, everything that you've gone through since then. And once you feel like you're really grounded and centered, share with me in one word how you're feeling right now. Mm. Mm. I love that. And if you could go back to a year ago today and speak directly to yourself from the human that you are now, (laughs) what would you say to her?
1: Girl, (laughs) let's enjoy the day.
0: (laughs) Mm. Well, it sounds like you did.
1: Yes. Good.
0: Cindy, thank you so much for coming to talk to me.
1: Thank you for having me tyla it's been an awesome conversation
0: yeah it really has it's been it's been some powerful medicine for me so i hope that i'm sure it will continue to integrate for both of us you know in the in the coming days and hopefully for anybody who's listened to this and received some powerful medicine as well it will continue to integrate as you go on with your life and if anybody out there would like to share your experience listening you can email a year ago podcast at gmail.com. And we're going to put all of Cindy's information in the show notes. So if you want to learn from her, if you're, um, eager to have some, some lessons from Cindy, or if you're ready to be part of her ever growing audience, <laughs> we're going to give you all the information on how to do that. Ah, is there anything else, Cindy? No. All right. Well, I guess then this is, um. Uh, Bye for now.
1: Yes, see you
0: soon.